0: I got his ass now. <laughs> you have to be
1: fast in the track. I hate that guy.
0: This race can change the rest of your life. Go
2: on to my best.
0: What if It's good. My bottle got stretched a little bit. and I got a tight little butt. I'm about to light this shit up. <laughs>
1: I wanna hear it. I wanna hear it. All right. Show seventy nine, which is the atomic number for gold. And that's what Peyton Rodner got at the Pump Track World Championships. Boom, baby. Good to have her on the show. Um Yeah, I really like watching her ride. I really liked watching her at the Rock Hill World Cup in twenty nineteen. She rode really well. She's a great young rider, really cool person, and I think she's gonna have a great career in, in our sport. So yeah, it was cool. Cool to chat to her. We just wrapped it up and um, yeah, she's awesome.
0: Yeah, I think people are going to enjoy the chat. Um, it's nice to get a younger rider's perspective on things because we often talk to older riders, retired riders. So it's nice to uh, change it up a little bit. So that'll be interesting for people. You, are you mean to tell me you just you just knew seventy nine was the atomic number for gold? Yep. You, you didn't look that up. You looked that up.
1: No, I didn't look that up. You know how I know? How? Because when Redline came out with their carbon frame in two thousand eleven, oh, it was called Project pro- Seventy nine. It was called Project seventy nine because it was Project Gold. Yeah that's that's how, okay how i remember
0: yeah i like it i like it that's a pretty smart way to, to remember it. that was
1: actually a pretty dope marketing uh strategy or whatever thing to call it it was pretty that was actually pretty cool
0: it sticks in my mind like, i think yeah. it's really cool the project 79 like get all you guys didn't you guys do some ride like was it a test ride out in phoenix arizona doing something at the whatever the supercross track was or there
1: yeah we actually had uh yeah we actually tested it uh yeah speed world back in the day how often do you actually test products in bmx that was cool
0: it's a it's a real hit and miss in testing products because i've uh i've talked to people about this before it's like as a pro you would kind of think that it would be best to get like as a company sorry it's best to get the pros to test your product to give you the best feedback but also as a pro do you really want to be testing that product
1: i don't know yeah i guess it depends right but like yeah because like yeah i mean if it's a, I mean, if it's like a good brand, I mean, I, I wouldn't worry about like the quality, but it might just, man. I just feel, yeah, I
0: guess not the quality, but it's like, is it maybe what stage do you want to be the test provider in it for? I don't know. Cause I feel like I'd be, I, I feel like I could give good feedback on something, but I'd hate to have someone be like almost in production. And then you start giving feedback and be like, oh, this needs to be changed. That needs to be changed. And then it's like, they're like, well, what do you expect us to do about it?
1: <laughs> and that's the thing with testing and that kind of stuff. Everyone needs to be very open-minded like you got to leave your ego mm-hmm. at the door because you can't take offense if someone says something it doesn't work
0: no for sure hey no he can't yeah, you got to you got to remember like that's the reason why you have people testing it is to give you positive negative constructive
1: feedback and that's the same thing with like when you're working with like coach, strength coach, and you got like a team around you, like when you're debriefing the year or talking about your goals, like you have to, it, everyone has to leave their ego at the ego at the door because you have to be able, to, like everyone should feel comfortable to say like, honestly, what we did or what you recommended with us, it just, it didn't work and we need to do something different. And like, no mm-hmm. one should be taking offense to that because it should just be the goal to improve.
0: 100% agree. Yeah. And it's not like you're going to get it right, get it right every time. You got to understand that too. As a writer, as a coach, whoever, you got to know that, Sometimes you're going to mess it up and get it wrong. And you just got to basically just take accountability and say, okay, let's, let's, we messed up. Let's make it better.
1: Yeah. And you have to be willing to say like, look, here's where I can be better, but this is also what I need from you and where I think you can be better. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that you can't like be like, well, you know what? Fuck you then. You know, it doesn't, it's not going to work. <laughs> well, fuck like,
0: you. I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah.
1: In our sport, too, like in, in high level sport, you're fo- forced to grow up at a young age. So often you're talking to your coach or whatever support team around you now that, that federations are involved. And it should be a, a safe place for everyone to to say their concerns about something that's not working or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's tough, though. Even if it is a safe space, it is tough to even talk about and learn how to do that.
1: Yeah, it was tough. I remember i started having to do it really young actually like when it was probably 19 20 21 and it's really intimidating yeah. when you're when you're in a room with like six of your support staff and they ask you all right Tori, what do you think you did bad or what did we do bad and then you're like oh well i mean <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not an easy thing to do at all
0: no it's tough especially because if you're talking like what you did you you're talking about yourself and what you did wrong you don't want to be like my thing is i don't want to make it obvious what i did wrong to these people even though like they're there to help. You almost don't want to be making it so obvious that there's like, Oh, this pretty, you're right. He sucked at this section or <laughs> he sucked at doing this or that part. Like, I don't, but that's why they're there. It's, just yeah. sometimes it's hard to tell them that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just like it, when you watch like F1 or those sports, like they debrief the race. Like, yeah, you know, the car, the, the, they're so honest. Like you have to be like, yeah, the car sucked. I don't know what the hell, like we need to change something. The suspension was shit.
0: Yeah. I I love F1. Side note, the new, yep. new documentary is yep. coming out soon. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, yeah. Put it on your calendar, lock it in there, lock it in. Um, super excited. But I love everything Formula One does from the way they host pre- press conferences to rider debriefs. Everybody gets interviewed after the races. They have their own debriefs within the truck for the vehicle. Like, I just love everything they do. It's, I love how they run their program.
1: It is the top-the-line professional sport.
0: Yes, exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is it's so professional. I, I, yeah. yeah
1: like you're they're talking to like the like the drivers are are young some of them are early 20s or even twenty nineteen, whatever and they're talking mm-hmm. after the race like the heads of the company and stuff and yeah it's you gotta in sport it makes you grow up really quick
0: totally hey yeah and they're talking about some difficult subjects like the reporter will be like like asking them questions like you did this wrong or like well, how do you feel about this or that guy did this to you and like you have to give that answer straight back and you can tell they've all been trained on how to respond to these questions but at the same time, it's still tough in that situation, especially when you want to be completely honest about it.
1: And we don't really deal with media and BMX like we we really don't. Um, maybe no, for virtually your, none. No, for the Olympics and stuff, you do, but that's such a small piece of your career. But mm-hmm. like, for instance, when Pierre Gasly got dropped from Red Bull, whatever, two years ago, like he just got just fucking bombarded at, with, <laughs> yeah. with press and they they were just asking him like do you think it's fair how do you feel about Red Bull dropping you do you th-? and then even before he got dropped they're like so there's rumors you're going to get dropped do you think you're going to get dropped what's going to happen and then yeah. he was like kind of chuckling and they're like no I see you're laughing but look, it sounds like you're going to get dropped and like they just fucking go after you it's nuts
0: no they won't stop until they get their answer like yeah. he's probably laughing be like how do these guys even know this so far and like he's like I got to already like I got to already a- answer these questions and it hasn't even happened yet. Like it's crazy the uh, how much pressure they they get put on them by reporters and those questions. Or we you... don't experience that at all. No. Virtually none. No, the top people in our sport maybe do a press conference before the World Cups, and it's pretty much all positive. I'm, I've never been in one personally, but I pretty much guarantee they're not being like, "So uh, you haven't done very well this year. Your contract's up. Like, what do we see in in the future?" There's there's no question like that.
1: I would love it if they held a press conference with the top writers and legit asked like the hard questions. Like, yeah, you won the world last year, but you haven't made a main this year. Like, why are you slumping or what's going on? Like that would be so That's, good. And to me,
0: there's nothing wrong with that. No, question. There isn't. It's a hard, it's a hard question, but there's nothing wrong with it. As an athlete, you have a reason and just say your reason. Like I've uh, been working on this or something hasn't been clicking here and just let us know, let them know. And that should be a thing.
1: So dry Who's a NHL star. He, he was in a press conference like last week or something. And the reporter asked like, so you and like the other stars, in your team got held off the score sheet and you, and you lost, um, what do you think about that? And he's like, oh, I think it's great. I love scoring zero points and losing. <laughs> <I saw that. laughs> you see that? Just completely said, said like, oh no, I feel great. Like I'm really excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's so fucking funny. Just deadpan. If you were getting that
0: question, you'd be so pissed off. I'm like, no fucking shit, guy. Like, I'm tr- I'm trying out here. What do you think? Yeah. What do you
1: want me to say? Like,
0: what do you want me to say? I'm gonna fucking slump here.
1: I will say the media though in those mainstream sports, they ask the dumbest same questions all the time.
0: They must be like exhausted, like those athletes, because Formula One. I mean, there's a lot of weekends of doing that, so they'd be tired of it. But like NBA, um, NHL. Uh, Football is not as much, I feel like, but those two at least, they're getting like, they're doing um, press conferences after every game. And yeah. they have what, like 50 to 100 games or games a year?
1: Yeah. And hockey too is like every single, literally every day, they'll have a practice. They'll be reporters in the locker room after. Like they get interviewed every single day. It's crazy.
0: Unreal. They do a period, of, like the first period, there's somebody being reported on. Second period, another person's getting getting a little uh camera in their face it's
1: crazy i know and it's it'd be cool to like bmx has so many good personalities that um i don't know it'd be cool to ha- it'd be cool to have press conferences or post race like i think like post world cups would be perfect like the way super monster energy Supercross does like their podium press conferences that would be so cool like i think yep i think that could easily be done I would be i'd be happy to lead it too and be like do what daniel blair does and kind of like start the opening question and then open it to media and at the world cups mm-hmm. there are media like there are bmx outlets plus there's usually some um media outlets from the countries and whatever like you could do it at the world cups pretty well i think and you could do the podiums in the men's and women's classes
0: i 100 agree i think i think we've probably said that before that it should happen yeah like that's it kind of makes the sport a bigger deal and it gives that opportunity for reporters to talk to the, to the athletes who, who did get the podium or who were one, basically like sometimes like just giving them the opportunity to ask them the question, will get, make them, you know, do a report on them. And then, you know, the sport blows up even
1: more. Did you do a press conference at Pan Ams when you went? No, nothing. I'm surprised. Yeah. Usually, usually at those you do.
0: It was probably bigger when it was you and it was Canada. In Canada, not in Peru, not in Lima. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that probably didn't help. But you know, I was going to say at least the people of the sport of the BMX world have you know two great guys that do Chatter TV and at least get a little bit of you know conversation. You're welcome. At least Chatter You're welcome, T- people.
1: New Chatter TVs out. Palm Dog did a great job. Um, that was a pretty
0: quick one. Nothing that too crazy. Nothing like our good ones that we do at the World Cups. I'll say, but you know,
1: little quick one. Yeah, but people love the Chatter TV.
0: We're getting some good views on it. I think people really do like the Chatter TV and I, I think it's a great thing that we do. And I can't wait for the World Cup so we can do it tomorrow.
1: I know. If if you can do one in Rock Hill if you have time, that'd be awesome. Obviously you're busy and whatever, but if you had time in Rock uh, Hill, it's always like those are behind the scenes I think people really like to see.
0: Yeah. It's it's, it's pretty easy when we have an hour and forty-five minutes between or an hour and a half, and not forty five, hour and a half between. So I only takes like what, do if I can find yeah. people. That's that's sometimes the hard part. People are hiding out somewhere. Especially right now with COVID, not everyone's in their pits and whatnot. But who's your who's, it's your,
1: who's your camera guy?
0: That's that's the problem right now. Who I was it? Who go was to it? Someone, in? and I have to be like, <laughs> I like. Thankfully, uh, so like Molly, I had to ask one of the dads in her pits. I was like, "Hey man, do you mind just filming us?" <laughs> uh, when I did Nick and Tzar, we were all just chatting the shit. So I was like, "Can you guys just film me talking to one of you, and then we'll switch?" And yeah. that's how we did that one and then i had remained to dojo so it was tough i don't have somebody to like do it with me
1: i know we need we need to be in the same spot so we can get some shit done yeah
0: that that would that'd be nice wouldn't it
1: i know Yeah, it would
0: be cool to do a podcast in person again it would be cool to you know cool to see again that'd be cool to see
1: <laughs> cool to see i Maybe go with the driving yeah. range yeah that'd be nice wouldn't it yeah that would be nice um so, uh, palm tree is in colombia at the moment
0: currently just arrived in bogota colombia arrived late last night um, yeah, I, uh, was going to, I don't know what I was going to say about it, but man, the place is beautiful. I've never been to Bogota before I've been to Medellin a couple times, but I really like Bogota so far. Uh, I haven't really gotten much exploring because I got here, woke up this morning, kind of went for a coffee and breakfast and then went straight to the track. So I haven't really done much. And now there's some afternoon showers. I feel like that's a classic thing for Colombia and tropical mm-hmm. area, but, yeah. uh, looking forward to it. There's a lot of people here. Got to say, actually.
1: So you're there just there by yourself and you're in, you're in a hotel, right?
0: Yeah. I solo tripped it, unfortunately. Um, so just in a hotel right now, um, basically just took an Uber to the track, took an Uber home, pretty boring to be honest, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but I think there's enough BMXers around. I might go find someone, something to do some, someone, someone to do something with. Yeah. It sounded really wrong. If any, it was the other way around.
1: any BMX, <laughs> any BMXers at the hotel <laughs> you're at?
0: Um, not yet. I think a couple of the Colombians are actually saying they're going to be staying here for the race. Um, so that's good. So I'll have at least some people in the hotel that I know it's got a friendly face to see, but there's a lot of people here. Like I said, so I got to the track and like whole Latvia squad is there. The yeah, four of them saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Belgium, which is like Elka, um, Denmark, um, Cedric booty from uh, Switzerland was there. Um, whole Peru team is there. Whole Colombian team is here. Um, who else, what else, who else? Who else? Great. Yeah. Just like, I, I can't remember everyone, but a lot of people, a lot more people than I thought for this race, but I think it's because it's one of the only races on the circuit right now or, um, or on the schedule. Plus there's a world cup here coming later this year. So everybody's just like, I'll just come here and get some time on the track
1: you were so. just full road dog you just go to columbia by yourself take an uber to the hotel uber to the track you're just living out of the fucking suitcase all 2021 Man. huh
0: <laughs> honestly i am and it's i'm not like stoked on it to be honest right now like <laughs> i'm already yeah. like, I'm pretty sick and tired of it i was a little nervous yeah. coming here like some places easy peasy but here i wasn't sure how like i kind of knew where everything was but it's always like nerve going to somewhere in south yeah. america not to make it sound awful because it's, it's really great to be honest, but when you arrive late at night, you don't know where no, anything I know is what you mean. Yeah. and you're by yourself. It's kind of, kind of sucks. Yeah. And I kind of, I'm getting tired of doing this solo tripping. Like I, I really miss having a group of people and team around because even just the logistics side, it sucks. Yeah. I doing a lot of complaining and I know that. Um, but it's just been, I think it's just been a long couple months here. Mm-hmm. I've just, I just been back and forth week to week. I didn't know where I was going to be next week until a few days before, like, before now and stuff like that so it's getting a little bit tiring but um just to be here finally and get on the track has been good great racetrack so far i wrote it yeah. briefly today it looks good great racetrack yeah
1: it, so you race this saturday sunday then you head back stateside
0: yeah i leave then i then i head home monday um probably go back to florida for a week then <laughs> go to rock hill go to rock hill for a week and then maybe <laughs> go back to florida for a week oh i, I really love know. it oh, i love it Oh man, it's ridiculous. Oh, honestly, I love and it. I'm not really. We were talking like I'm getting. I should be getting all these frequent flyer miles. I'm really not because it's when you're in Florida and all the races have been so close, everything's just been ding, bang, bong. Like everything's super, yeah. You know, like you, so I'm not even getting the miles
1: out of it. Like Crazy. you've you've kind of been everywhere, but never you you haven't really. Well, I guess Bogota's far, but you haven't really flown like that far. It's not that far from it's not that far from Florida, really.
0: No, it was, no. I took a two hour flight to Houston and then like a four and a half, five hour flight down. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it wasn't that long at all.
1: Oh, you flew so. straight to Bogota?
0: Yeah. Well, oh. to Houston and then Houston to Bogota.
1: Oh, easy trip. Yeah,
0: it was simple. Yeah. yeah. It was really easy. And the plane plane rides nowadays, like other than wearing the mask the whole time, which gets a little irritating, it's pretty nice that if you plan it right, you should have pretty much have a row to yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's not like a huge, yeah, so- like huge crowd on airplanes right now.
0: No, which is really nice, yeah. big time. And even so, I was even stumped. I, I, I got to say so, me and Robert talking about taking accountability for what we did. Maybe this was a fluke incident, but we put on the schedule. I did a gym session Sunday, a flu Monday, and then I woke up to ride the track this morning. Mm-hmm. And as I was starting my warm up, my, my hammy just, my hammy to glute area just got super tight. Like I'm talking tightest a glute to hammy area, whatever that muscle is so damn tight that i was like this is probably not a smart idea that we did gym fly track
1: things about to ping off the bone isn't it
0: yeah i had to take it super easy i was like literally i'd do like a couple efforts not even hard i'd like ride around or roll out stretch a little bit do it again have to roll and stretch a bit it was
1: It's a weird feeling when you, when you do that, for instance, you, you gym. And then even if you don't gym, but you fly like a long flight, the next day you kind of just wake up and go to the track without really anything in between. Your body feels so strange. I don't know how to explain it. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. it feels just, I don't even know what, how to describe it. It feels like you're fucking, it feels like your whole body's asleep. I don't know how else to say it.
0: That's a, I think that's a great way to say it. Yeah. I woke up this morning just completely like zoinked out, Yeah, like just dead. I was like, people think that it's like, you're not doing anything on a plane, but you're not relaxing. You're in no, a yeah. position. You're constantly, like personally, I constantly fidget around and I was trying not to sleep the whole flight because it was like just during the day, it's the same time zone. So I was just kind of trying to stay awake and watch movies, but I was never really resting. And then yeah, you wake up and your body's still even tighter because first of all, it's tight from the gym depending on how hard you went and then you're getting tight from sitting on a plane so that combo even with like a little roll and a little pedal this morning i was yeah mess my body's messed up
1: are you planning on coming home between now and uh the o show
0: <laughs> that's a long ways away so yes i'm planning i my concern or my my thought in my head is i don't know if i'm coming home between rock hill and the world cups oh yeah so that's a month basically that I have in between. And I'm, I don't thinking, know what to do. I'm thinking
1: no, because you can't afford to do two weeks inside. No, and that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. But I don't. Yeah, fuck. that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. You can't. You can't <laughs> that do the that. Yeah, you <laughs> can't do the that.
0: <laughs> I, I do need to get my insurance re up soon. I think I have until like the end of April, so I think I should be fine. Because then, when we go to World Cup, I just got to. Once I go to World Cup, we'll get athlete like our team insurance. But yeah, that, that's been on my mind too. A lot of things have been on my
1: mind. You know, it's is fucking red tape right now, and it's um, it's not easy to do much of anything. So,
0: no, that's true. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Looking forward to the race this weekend. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be a lot of people. A lot of Colombians look like super locals out there. I think this track's gonna be awesome for racing on. I've seen a couple of videos from a couple of years ago, but pretty basic, but good jumps, well built, um, pretty wide open. Should be fun.
1: Yep. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited for Should it. Be That'll fun. be cool.
0: Yeah. Um, other news, though. What about yourself, T? Uh, first of all, I saw you down to a four point nine nine handicap. Fantastic number to be yeah,
1: at. Yeah. Yeah. First. Um, yeah. I've been pretty busy with uh, golf coaching and planning things. My my usual schedule these days. Um, yeah. The golf game's been hot. I've been playing great golf. I've been playing really Love good. Yeah. I've been, <laughs> been playing really good golf. Love it. Drop my handicap one point in like a cup in a couple days. So that was cool. That's awesome. Um, had a blow up round yesterday. Shot 83, but it is what it is. You know those those are bound to happen. Um, Crazy. That's a blow up round for you now. I, I know. That. I know. I played so I forgot how to play golf in the front nine. Couldn't hit fucking anything. <laughs> Missed every putt. I don't understand how this this happens in this sport. Yeah. But, you know the most infuriating thing is like the ball. Nothing changes. Like nothing. True. You can't get cut off by someone. Like nothing changes. You just hit the same shot you've been hitting. A hundred thousand times, and yet it it feels so different. Some days,
0: you're literally standing over the ball in just a different place. Yeah, like sometimes you maybe are in a bad situation, but most of the time you're just in a different place, standing over the same ball. Same, same, same thing. Same format, same stance that you always do,
1: but it just comes off different. And then you hit it, and you look up. You're like, "Where the fuck are you going?" Like, honestly, what are you? <laughs> And, but it's not, we played early in the morning and right now it's still tough to play early because it's like two degrees in the morning. So it's not easy to, cool. like when you have four layers on or three layers, whatever. And it's like, it's so hard to even swing the club. And so you're just trying to make contact at that point.
0: So it's like trying to, it's like trying to do a gate in the freezing cold. Your body's not going to move how you want it. No, it to feels,
1: feels horrific. Like you do a gate, <laughs> like you go to the track in the winter and you first gate, it feels like your spine is going to snap. It's awful. I know it is awful, and so I'm I'm quite looking forward to good weather. But but the game's tight right now. I did lose fifteen dollars yesterday, but you know, just just part of the game.
0: That's just part of the fun. part of the fun. Really,
1: becoming a becoming not a gambler, but um, I like to bet on the on the matches now, just like five bucks or something. It just it's so much more fun.
0: I like that too, because I mean, it creates a little bit. Like you just you only have to put like a dollar on the line. Exactly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm about to lose money. Like, you get serious about it. Oh, yeah.
1: Or it's like a coffee, that lunch, five bucks, a dollar, doesn't matter. But, like, the second you're yeah. playing for something, everything means more.
0: Oh, yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Are you doing, like, cash? Because sometimes when we're doing the coffees, we kind of, I forget about no, it. No, I just do cash. I feel like yeah, if yeah. you
1: do just do cash, like, on hand,
0: it makes it more sense. Because you're like, this is, like, I literally have a $5 bill. I'm about to win or lose. Here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do cash on hand. So, yeah. Playing lots like of it. golf. Been practicing I played bad yesterday morning, so I just practiced all afternoon. So that was cool. Um, other than that, yeah, enjoying the coaching business. Been The one thing I really like about coaching is it's just different every day. Like there's obviously got to make sure my riders are taken care of, but there's always just different stuff to do. And I like just being able to do what I like and mm-hmm. having the freedom to like program stuff for my riders the way I like and all that. Like it's really cool. Actually, I like doing that.
0: Is it is it the sol- like the problem solving that you get with riders? Is, is that rewarding? Like, Obviously, situations are going to come up in programs with people like or organizational stuff where things aren't going right or you need to change something, but it's kind of like, okay, how can we fit this puzzle together so it works? Is that kind of rewarding?
1: Totally. Like when a rider has an issue, whether it be physical, technical, whatever, and then you see it improve. Like with one of my riders, we've been working really hard in his gay form the last two months and it's it's really looking good now. And it's just so like it's so exciting to watch. It's really cool. Yeah. And it doesn't matter like really awesome. what level they're at. Like your goal as a coach is just to bring that rider to their potential, whether that's turn expert, make a main win elite race whatever. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I think it's really satisfying just helping someone improve.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great you've been able to find that passion because that you hear it from other people too that it's like that's one of the most rewarding things is helping somebody else accomplish their goal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, yeah, Savannah's going home end of the month. So I'm looking to go back with her and come back in May. Um, cause I've been working hard on planning a TN training summer riding camp tour for June and July. So I'm pretty booked up for June and July now. And I'll be coming out with, I got to finalize a few things, but I'll be doing some tracks in BC, Alberta. And I'm also planning a two week trip back East this year to Ontario and Quebec, which I'm pretty stoked about. So I still got to lock in a few of the dates, but I'll be coming out with, um, with a flyer soon, so I'm pretty stoked about that. So been busy, been busy managing golf, coaching, all the above. So um, yeah, I, I like it though. It's it's cool. I really like it. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: got to say the worst of all the the things you got to do. The worst part of, is always the logistics, is it not? Yeah. Like the planning of yeah, the, yeah. the when's available. Am I available? Is the track available? Okay, when do I fly there? That's the worst part. Once you're there, I know. It's, like, everything's just easy going. Yeah, like- yeah.
1: Planning camps or planning like different trips and stuff is. Yeah, that's, it can get a little complicated and need to make sure, um, especially mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like the world, like, I, I don't know about the world cups in May. Like if the germ, like if I'm going, if I'm not, like, I don't really know. And then we also have to factor mm-hmm. in cause we're from Canada. Obviously we have to quarantine for two weeks when we come home. So we have to like, it's just logistically, everything's challenging at the moment, but we just got to, you just got to roll with it. You
0: just got to roll with it.
1: Yeah. I hope, um, um do you yeah. think, do you think the Germany one will happen?
0: I would like to say they're both going to happen. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I, there's a mountain bike world cup happening in Germany somewhere Yeah. Um, around the time that our world cup is happening. So I would hope that that means it's going to happen. But I mean, Europe has been the most, um, you know, hit and miss area. I feel like Yeah. when it comes to races, like they're, they have something on the schedule and then they're just canceled all the time. So it's really hard to say. Yeah. I'd, I would think Colombia is a definite go because they're, they're having this race here now. Yeah. And so they kind of got to figure it out um, man, we, we just got to start doing these damn races.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like I,
0: agree. I was, I was, I'm very much honest. And I'll say like, a, when COVID first happened, everyone was complaining. I wasn't a big complainer. I was like, whatever it is, we have to take this break. We have to be cautious. Yep. It is what it is. I'm over that now. I'm past it. I'm way past it. We are at the point in our lives and we need to start having these races, get a COVID test before you go to the race, have proof that you got it. And then just be safe when you're here. Like just, just be safe, wear a mask and just, we got to do it.
1: Yeah. It's here. It's not going away. Even it's never going away. Like these things don't just go away. We have to just be smart and, and learn to live with every, like learn to live with it. Like we have with everything else.
0: Minimize the risk where you go and you exactly. Yeah. That's all you got to do. It's all yeah. we're looking for here. I think so. look like I know they're waiting for the vaccines to get out to more people. I'm sure. But it's like, man, it's been a while. We got to We got to <laughs> get you on the, on the road, road again here.
1: Yeah. Like this is our new normal for now. And we just, we just do what we just do what we do. This is just, yeah. Yeah. We just do what we do. I mean, yeah, let's, let's get a move on here. Peeps. <laughs> get a move on. Yeah. Let's get a move on. Um, Sylvain social media check-in. I saw you post that. Holy shit. Does that French kid have skill? The video you posted on coffee chatter. That is, that is like 1% of 1% of 1% can do stuff like that. Crazy. Hey, yeah. I
0: saw that and I was mind blown. Yeah yeah um i was insane
1: the bike control remarkable how old is it a boy or a girl
0: wasn't sure wasn't sure of anything i just saw it and i was like people have to see this and i'm going to share it um so i'm not really sure we just I guess a, a boy i just saw it on the explore page okay I, th- I think the page was like bmx racing kids um which makes sense because he's a little oh kid, yeah, little yeah, yeah 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 crazy skills though unbelievable like the the balance he has for such a young rider like i couldn't I couldn't manual my bike at that age like on the street let alone doing a jump manual or like a trip manual through some deep rollers are you kidding me yeah re- crazy
1: the bike control was truly remarkable the stuff that they were doing like the positioning they could get in was insane on how they could get on the front wheel back wheel whatever it's really impressive
0: very impressive that just shows like I mean people were commenting on it like that's what you get in France like I mean Joris, we—I was talking to him, but I saw him post about it too. Like, oh yeah, I that's what that, you yeah. get with French riders. There, it's like that's how you get those skills. You have great tracks with riders that like to ride their bike on those tracks. They're not just there just doing first straights all the time. They're there to work on the skills, ride their bike, and that's what you get. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, I just saw your point underneath that. Go, let's do let's do that okay. one. That's a good one. Okay,
0: this was going to be a, a joke of a, a social media check-in. But, you know, I'm not like, a, like I said, I'm not a huge TikToker. I'm not trying to be, I do see all the TikToks and I see like um, the the reels and stuff. One of them has been like, tell me you're someone's like a something without actually telling me. And I was going to be like, tell me you're a natural bike rider without actually telling me you're a natural bike rider. You can tell when somebody's a natural bike rider when they turn their handlebars to the right way, because there's only right one right way.
1: <laughs> I know what you mean. So Although, if you turn your
0: handlebars to where your front foot is, you just look like a natural bike rider.
1: Yes. That is definitely the natural way to go. Cause I'm left foot forward and I turn my bars to the left. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, everyone's different. Some people just don't do that and they're still natural bike riders, but you don't look it. You look like the natural bike rider. If you turn your, your bars to yeah, your, your front foot.
1: And then look at Meryl Smolders, who I would say is a natural bike rider and she does opposite.
0: Yeah. She does opposite sometimes. Yeah. She
1: does opposite. Yeah. But then I would consider her like a natural bike rider.
0: And it's something like Ren Corral. He does his bars to the opposite. Does he all the really?
1: Time.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty often, most of the time. Not all the time, most of the time. I'm gonna say though,
1: I did it on jumps when I'm jumping into a right-handed corner. I would do it sometimes.
0: Yeah, see, like I do it now, sometimes just for fun. Like I just like going opposite. It feels weird, and that's yeah, why I like yeah, it. But yeah. when I'm like, if I'm feeling normal, like I always have my bars to the one side.
1: Yeah, that's normal. Even when even when we manual, it's never like straight up and down
0: normally not no so not only if you're goofing around
1: so when we manual full speed like it's still tilted do we just re do we just straighten it the second we land I've never yeah, really paid attention
0: I've, I've like I've paid attention I feel, and I'm pretty sure it's like so you manual as you're kicking down it turns but then as you're kind of going into the pump you you center back
1: that's crazy because it's just so natural I never even thought of it
0: you have no idea no no idea it's happening yeah
1: no like I always knew I went to the left but I never yeah so, yeah, obviously, naturally, we just, yeah, it's kind of crazy. We can do that in a split second.
0: Great to nuts, say hey? yeah. yeah. Um, let's give a shout out to ProGate Europe. Winning starts with a great gate. Um, first of all, our guest on the show, Peyton Radenauer, she has had some phenomenal gates on some ProGate Europe's. ProGate Europe's. Man, I am just slurring everything. And uh, I got to say, the gate here in Bogota, ProGate Europe, unbelievable. Oh, I bet it's 100 a... PSI.
1: <laughs> I bet it's a fucking rocket. Carlos has that oh thing my
0: cranked. Gosh. Oh, yeah, he does. He's like, let's jack this thing up as high as we can go. It's awesome.
1: The track looks sick. Yeah, it's going to be some good racing.
0: Yeah, so ProGate Europe, could be yours today. Let them know Coffee Chatter sent you. Remember, guys, they don't just have, they, they got everything. A barrel gates, straight eight gates, single man
1: gates. It works. Hey, yeah, hit, hit them up. They'll give you a, a ProGate for free this week. Individual ProGate. They're giving away them for free. Just message him and say, coffee chatter sent you and just hashtag free pro game. Jan's going to send you one for free. It's not a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Although I can't, I can't go with it. You got to have it at a hundred PSI and just have that thing like a rocket ship
0: at all times, all times. If you get it, that's all you're allowed to do.
1: Yeah. You're not allowed to, (laughs) if you hit it one time, you got to send it back. It's got to be just a rocket.
0: Absolute Like rocket.
1: (laughs) Um, the fans here from Peyton.
0: Yeah, I got. I got. We got to do this one because I feel like we might have talked about this quickly, and I want. If we didn't, I wanted to bring it up. This is with regards to one of those golf things on the foreplay. But would you manual a whole straight for one million dollars? But if you don't, if you don't get it, you have to go to jail for a year, and you have to do it five times. And I had to pick the straight five the straight times. Is,
1: I was gonna say no for once.
0: I was. I was talking to Romain about this, and they, I was like, if you were given the opportunity on the last straight at Paris, something he knows so well, but it's so technical. That's such a hard you one had,
1: to do, oh my God.
0: Yeah, and you had to manual it five times. And yeah, every time you got, a, got it right, you got a million dollars. But every time you didn't get it, you had to go to jail for a year. But you'd still get the million dollars that you made if when you came out, would you do it?
1: So you gotta do it five times. Every time you get it, you get a million. Every time you miss, you gotta go to jail?
0: Yeah, and you have to do it all five times.
1: So can we Whatever pick a you different, make is what you make. can we pick a different straightaway than Paris? Because we're not really familiar with Paris, and that's a gnarly one. I would get it zero. <laughs> All right, what straight do you want to do? Say we just do like one of our home track rhythm sections.
0: All right. Well, which home track are we thinking? I'm thinking if I did Abbotsford, um, I would actually pick the pro straight, I would pick the Abbotsford Third Straight Pro section would I do it? And how many, if I was going to do it, how many times do I think I'd get it? I think I could get the pro side without the triple at the end. If it was the old one, I could probably get it four to five times.
1: Yeah. But dude, I don't think $4 million is worth a year in jail, like a year in jail. That is such a long time to be in a jail cell.
0: But you come out and you got four mil. mil, you're laughing.
1: Yeah, but who cares like i would never <laughs> i could not do that I, I could there's no way i could no chance
0: even if i gave you like an easy straight what what's the easiest trade way i could give you like a rhythm section straight away
1: um uh, like ridge uh, meadows third straight i probably mailed a bunch
0: fuck that one's tough though because it's i don't know multi-level
1: it is tough but like that's the one i could think of because i've done it a bunch of times
0: yeah i don't think you'd take that offer that bet
1: no chance, I would take it. i probably get it. No chance. Like, if I'm in my in my peak, whatever, I'd probably get it. I could probably get it half the time.
0: I would think, yeah, about half the time would probably be right, yeah.
1: So, I'm in jail two, three years. No chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awful. That's not good. This was,
1: we got to have something, because on the four-play golf one, they were saying if you had five five-foot putts every year, yeah. and it was basically a straight-in putt,
0: Yeah. I think that was a straight in. Yeah. Or yeah.
1: Okay. for that one, we talked about this before. Like remember in person, we talked about this. Would you do that one?
0: I don't know either because it sounds so simple, but in golf, like that, like that same thing is like the miss is so small.
1: Yeah. So the pros are
0: like,
1: are like 95% from five feet.
0: Basically you have to go when you're putting that go from five feet and make everyone. that's terrifying to have to think about.
1: Can you imagine? (laughs) <laughs> like like you miss the first one, you're like instant panic.
0: Instant, you're already going to jail for a year and you have no money in the bank. It's that, oh boy.
1: It's like you get a little jumpy with the putter and you could easily yank it, miss.
0: Oh, So easily. So easily. I think
1: the first one is absolutely key. I think you make that one. I think you're off to the races.
0: I think then if you did that, you'd probably make the next three. Probably next two or three, and then the last one is really gonna miss
1: the fifth putt. You make four in a row, oh boy,
0: that'd be so tough,
1: so tough. Performance on demand, baby.
0: I'd be shaking. I'd be shaking my boots. Or what if you had
1: to do, for instance, you had to do a lap at a track. You had to do like a time trial at like Chula Vista, Rio, say, and you had to get under a certain time. You had five tries to do it. Um,
0: it's hard to say because it'd be really come down to the time. Because riding the track at a decent speed would be pretty simple to me. Yeah, I so, find that very easy. So you gotta but gotta, gotta get a pretty to, fast like, push time. it. Yeah, that's tricky because then you're if you're already then if you're riding the limit, that's where it gets really, yeah, you know, hairy.
1: You case once and just instant panic. I'm going to jail. Fuck me.
0: And then you start rushing. You make it even worse. Then you're going to jail. Yep,
1: you're going to jail.
0: Simple as that. That'd be awful. Yeah. So I don't know.
1: We should we should have we, asked. Honestly,
0: so I figured we. We should have asked Peyton this, yeah, but it, was, have it could Peyton. have been like Abbotsford. Could you make it around Abbotsford Supercross in thirty seconds? Because I can't remember what the time was at that World Cup. But the track got faster because everything got more mellowed out. Yeah. So that would have been a good one, like thirty, like less than thirty. All right. I think we're at uh, the we froze, but yeah,
1: yeah. I think we're at the end of our Wi-Fi. We should we should cut to Peyton.
0: Yeah, let's cut the paint. Enjoy, people. Enjoy. We already messed up the first name and text message. We don't want to mess up the last name when you know on the podcast. I forgot, I forgot to
1: I forgot to say hit record, but people heard that. So yeah, we we spelled we spelled Peyton's wrong when we were <laughs> when we were when we were, we were texting her to come on the show. And this is one of my biggest pet peeves because people spell my name wrong all the time, and it's only four letters. So a formal apology from Coffee Chatter for messing up the second letter in your name.
2: It's okay. I'll let you guys slide
1: this time. Pump track world champ, Peyton now Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. We see that nice rainbow jersey right behind you. Let's just, let's see that. Look at that thing. Beautiful. God, it's, it's one of the most beautiful jerseys in all of sport.
0: It seriously is. It yeah. just it for any like cyclist out there, everyone just knows what it means. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, even if you don't follow the sport, <laughs> but someone has a rainbow jersey or you see someone wearing one, it's like instant legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was on the
2: podium at Pump Track Worlds and the one thing I was thinking was, oh no, there's champagne all over the jersey. I hope it comes out.
1: <laughs> do they do they give you a couple, don't they? No, I just got one. Oh really? I thought they gave people a couple. You think they should, because yeah, yeah. if you're
0: spraying to your champagne everywhere, you wanna and you also don't wanna do like what you did Peyton and put one on the wall. Like you wanna have a few of them.
1: Yeah. That's kinda part of yeah. it though. It's kinda cool to have like a champagne stain in it. I don't know. Just adds to it. <laughs> Sure. Where are you, uh, where are you joining us from right now, Peyton? Are you back home?
2: Um, yeah, I'm in Pottstown, Pennsylvania,
1: right at home. Where is Pottstown, Pennsylvania?
2: 45 minutes Northwest of Philly.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've only been, James, you've been to South Park, right?
0: I've been to South Park once. So I was trying to like, you know, map it out in my head whereabouts it is. All I know is, it's probably cold there as well.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm like four and a half hours East of South Park.
1: Okay. What's okay. your, what's your home track? Then there's a track there.
2: Uh, yeah, there's one right in Town called Trilogy BMX, but it's kind of like pump track style. It's not a super big track, but it's still fun.
0: Okay. Is that where you grew up racing the tracks there the whole time?
2: Yep. And I only have one local track near me. The rest are hour and a half, two hours away in New Jersey. So that's the one that I ride a lot.
0: Boy, did you, norm- do you normally go to the other ones? Like do you just make weekend trips or you just end up riding the same track all the time?
2: Um, we'll make weekend trips a few times, but I actually have a track that my dad and I build in my backyard, so I ride that like five. It's good.
1: You have some property, then your family does.
2: Yeah, I have about two acres.
1: Oh, sick! Were you? That's awesome. Did you grow up racing NBL, or was that after you started, or before you started? I should say you grew up racing NBL.
2: Yeah, I started racing in two thousand seven. So then I raced NBL for three or four years.
1: Yeah, James, did you ever race any NBL? I did a couple of them. I think he's frozen. He's in Columbia, so I think he's got bad Wi-Fi. It is what it is. <laughs> How did you start going to nationals right away when you were younger?
2: Uh, no, my dad introduced me to BMX when I was five because he used to race a little bit when he was younger. So he took me out to my local track now and I just kind of rode around and I started doing some nationals when I was six. But then I really started... Uh, Traveling when I was seven.
1: Your dad raced, huh? How, what kind of level did he race at?
2: Um, just amateur.
1: Okay. That's cool. Like, that's kind of just so foreign to me because no one in my family did it before me. And I was the first one to even like find out about BMX. Like, yeah, no one in my family really rode or anything.
2: Yeah. My dad's big into mountain biking, actually.
1: What kind of mountain biking did he do?
2: Uh, cross country, but he does like 24 hour races. He's hardcore.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Um, 24 hours. Okay. Side note: My Wi-Fi has been just turning in and out. We're yeah, just, gonna, just yeah. after this, after this one mention, we're just going to slide by it. Just want to put that out there. Um, <laughs> that 24 hours on a bike will be insane. Like road rides are already hard enough for me at two hours. Like that would be exhausting going for that long.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know how he does it. He's he's an animal.
1: Crazy. He's got that dad. Crazy. He's got that dad strength. My dad's like that too. He could ride a bike all day if he wanted.
2: Yep.
0: It's insane. <laughs>
1: I know it sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> my butt would hurt so much. Seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, James, when your cutout cut out pain was telling us her dad raced, And so that's how she got into it. And it was foreign for me. And like, I think for you too, cause like your parents and no one in your family did it before, right?
0: No. Yeah. No, neither for me. So that's, it's cool that it's cool to have somebody to get you into the sport. I think carry into cycling and be able to do it. Like my dad got into it a little bit when I started riding. So I rode with him a bit, but yeah, I, I had nobody to do it with, or nobody that I knew did it at my, the time.
1: My dad raced a bit after we started. It was so stiff. They called him the Tin Man. Really? <laughs> That's yeah. funny.
0: So, did so, yeah. so you, your dad race with like a bit too, Peyton?
2: Um, no, he'll just come out to the local track and ride with me. But he'll ride in my okay. car with me a bunch, and he'll snap gates with me. So, but he's a solid thirty foot. He's quite the comp. <laughs>
1: Um,
0: so <laughs> that's always good to have somebody to sprint against Then at
1: least. How's the, how's the past like year and a half been for you? Obviously last year, not a ton of racing and everything like, yeah. How's this whole year and that last year and a half been for you? Cause you've kind of gone from junior to elite and everything now. And obviously it's a big transition that you would normally be racing a lot.
2: Yeah, it was a little weird because I was definitely expecting to race second year junior and my first year junior went really well. So I was definitely really excited, but Yeah, this year in elite, like jumping up, it's not crazy big of a difference, though, because I feel like the jump from junior women to elite women isn't that big of a gap. But I've been looking forward to it for a while now, so I'm definitely stoked. But the past year and a half, I've just been kind of sticking around at home, riding my track a lot, and not a whole lot of traveling, but just spending time with my family and friends and just trying to get better.
0: I kind of felt bad for someone like yourself who – the worlds were going to be in in America. Like I know you're not from Houston, but they're going to be on home soil. You're going to be second year junior and you're going to have a really good shot going up for that, that rainbow Jersey. And that kind of got taken away from you. I felt, felt bad for you girls in that situation.
2: Yeah. But I don't know. I think everything happens for a reason. So if worlds wasn't meant to be, then that's just what it is.
1: Yeah. And I mean, a rider like yourself too, like, Racing junior is nice and it's really cool and it's a good prep for elite. And of course, it'd be awesome to win a rainbow jersey. But your real career starts when you turn to elite, anyway. So the, it it is disappointing, but obviously, coming to elite is is really exciting and and that's kind of where you want really want to start. I think. Um, what's the biggest difference you've noticed, or yeah, what's the biggest difference you noticed between junior and elite? You think? Uh, Just the
2: level of racing, I know in junior there's only a handful of girls that are fast, but then we go out to elite and everybody's fast. And just <laughs> competition, like that's so true. just way more aggressive. I know all the older girls are out to get the younger girls. So like, they don't want uh, us beating them.
0: Like, I like, I Do you like You guys feel that out there. Cause I, I feel like that's a thing right now. Like I feel like there's enough of you <laughs> younger girls coming into class and there's enough of the older girls that are like, we're not going to let these girl, little girls like just, take over our class kind of deal. I feel like there is that, that kind of thing going on.
2: Yeah. I think a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think that's just natural. I think like every sport, I mean, you have like that core group that's dominant for so long and there's always new good riders coming up and like, we've kind of talked about on other podcast, James, but Peyton's age kind of group give or take a year. Or so in the men and women is, is really talented. And they've coming into both classes and doing well right away.
0: Yeah, talk to us a little bit about that, pain like, How has it been growing up with such a big, like, a, a good group of riders around you? Like, I'm sure it's helped push you a lot, hey?
2: Yeah, I think that's really helped me progress my skills, jumping manually, because I know I've been trying to up my skills since I was 10, like 10 years old. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of the other girls' classes below us and even the ones that were above us a little bit, they weren't as skilled. And, but I think, like you guys said, just my bubble of glass, give or take a year, the skill difference is just so much different than all the other girls.
1: Do you think one of the the main reasons is that you started doing it at a younger age and started pushing yourself to do it younger?
2: Yeah, I think so. And especially since I started doing all that stuff at a younger age, if I saw somebody else do something, I would think, well, I can do that too. So then it's just kind of everybody pushes each other to be better.
0: Mm -hmm. Was there anybody that kind of, directed you in that, in that lane that let's work on the skills a little bit more, or was it yourself just kind of looking around wanting to be able to do more?
2: Yeah. I actually used to live in Phoenix, Arizona for three years. I was born here in Pottstown, okay. but my family moved there when I was 10 to 13 and I trained with Colby Landon who used to race. A bunch oh yeah. Cool.
1: There. Yeah. Yeah. He's my age. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. But, um, we're good friends and he always, I always went over to his house to train and we would just work on skills all the time. So he was definitely a big help to me on that.
0: It's cool to see, cause I do feel like it's starting to come around a little more in the class now See that like, it's starting to get well, little, well-known that skills are, are just as, or more important than, uh, just the speed right off the bat.
1: Yeah. Especially with, um, like your generation's grown up, growing up, riding supercross, I think the older generation had a harder time because they had to adapt their skills later. But nowadays, like your generation, especially got to ride supercross at a really young age, which is kind of the, you're kind of the first age group that's really been able to do that, I think.
2: Yeah, I think so too. When I rode my first super cross hill, I think I was 15. Okay.
1: Did you like it right away?
2: (laughs) I was so scared. (laughs) Normal, (laughs)
1: normal. Yeah. Did you find it easy to jump stuff because you like, did you feel comfortable with your skills on the track or was it, was it tough?
2: Yeah. Like I definitely knew that I could make it over the jumps. It was just a fear factor thing.
1: Do you like it? For sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I actually really like Supercross, as long as it's not a sidewind, because just I
0: blow yeah. it right over. Yeah, <laughs> that can just, yeah, that can just, nobody likes that. That's just awful. <laughs> <laughs> so this- um, when What track did you start riding it on? Did you guys do any, like, of the junior development camps out at Chula?
2: Yeah, a few. I went out there with the Devo Squad and Ariel, and I rode Beijing. That was the first Supercross track that I rode, which I feel like is a good starter track.
1: For sure. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. yeah, especially now with how they've made the first straight smaller, I think that's a really good starter track and like you women's second straights, pretty small too. Sure. Do you like the, uh, that's- do you like the bigger supercross tracks?
2: Um, I actually haven't ridden a lot of super cross tracks, but I do like the ones that have two jumps in a row instead of just one. Yeah, I think that makes more separation in the class
0: i hate the ones i i don't like ones that like the longer the first straight on supercross the better yeah let people open up let people get going and create some separation as well i think that's huge
1: yeah the separation i think is big like if you have a short first straight with only two jumps it gets dicey
0: yeah
1: like it's really dicey people are
0: going full gas everyone thinks they got the edge but nobody's really figured out where they fit yet and then you just go in and that's when shit happens
1: like the indoor supercross races we raced before like years ago were, were pretty nuts like i mean the two worlds like auckland and rotterdam were super sketchy but so was like we raced in madrid when it was just a two jump first straight it was it was mayhem into the first turn (laughs)
0: that was awful two huge jumps too yeah yeah it's scary
1: um how is uh obviously yeah you have a good skill base and everything so you work with ariel as your coach how how has it been working with ariel like obviously she's a big um uh i don't know the word but like a big uh Believer in working on. Yeah. Advocate for skills or like big believer in working on skills as well.
2: I love working with Ariel. Ariel's awesome. I've worked with her for the past four years now, I think. And yeah, she just wants me to progress, which I think is awesome. And she, um, like she loves letting me ride on flat pedals, practice my skills. And she also is a really good mentor for me as well and helps me on the mental side of things. So she's like, three in one she's helping like training the mental side and she's a good friend too
0: that's really cool how did you uh how did you link up with her
2: when i rode for the u.s junior development team ariel was the designated coach on that and she everybody on the team so that's how we met
1: what's um that's cool what's something she's helped you with like mental approach or mentality coming coming into races with
2: um well we use keywords going into the races so we'll think of a phrase or just some words that pertain to the track but sometimes they'll be different or sometimes they're the same for every event usually for me they're about the same but it's like saying those words in practice behind the gate just to get mentally ready to
0: go it's good to have as you needed these that's I feel like that's a very advanced thing. That's something that I like the elites do and it's cool. You're doing it at a younger age. I feel like, yeah, not, I feel like personally, a lot of people come in elite class. They're not really focusing on the mental side of what to do. They're just getting in there racing, but you're already getting a kind of head start on that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I think like I've had some people reach out recently. Like, what do you think behind the gate and stuff? And I think a lot of people don't know what to focus on, you know, like I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are just kind of getting to the gate and hoping, hoping they're going to feel good and stuff, you know, whether, whereas at least like, they're so like, everyone's so dialed in with, with their routine and everything. And it's so important.
0: They're just jumping behind the gate. Let's get fired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like you're going in for a max squad or something. Um, yeah. How was, uh, how'd you get into pump track? Like you've had obviously uh track at your house, you've said and stuff, but yeah. How'd you get into pump track?
2: There's a place in Pittsburgh called the Wheel Mill, and it's like this little indoor bike park, and they have a wooden pump track there, and I was pretty fast at it, and I heard about the Red Bull Pump Track uh, Worlds the year before, but that's when, that was in 2018. So then I was like, I should try it out, because I know not a lot of people have done it, but I saw a lot of like the faster Europeans, like David and Laura were doing it, and I looked for the qualifier in the u.s and it was all the way in washington state and it was about a eight-hour flight for me so i went all the way out there raced the pump truck qualifier ended up winning and then on the flight home they announced a pump truck qualifier on the east coast and i was like i just called it washington
0: (laughs) that's a little annoying but at least you want it you got the the free flight out is that what they do for the winners get basically a free ticket out to it yeah,
2: it's a full paid ticket. They like fully funded out to the world championships.
0: Cool. That's so that's that's they do that right. That's that's good to see here. How's the
1: how's the vibe of those races compared to BMX?
2: It's a lot more laid back. You don't yeah. see everybody warming up with their tall seat posts and <laughs> not talking to each other and getting <laughs> everybody's just like talking to each other having fun and I think that's why I did really well because I do well when that's the environment and I just kind of get to have fun
1: yeah like I would I would think it probably doesn't feel as structured or as high pressure as BMX does huh
2: yeah I definitely wasn't under any pressure either I went in and everybody was interviewing a bunch of people but nobody was interviewing me because they just <laughs> were like oh like whatever like we don't really know her and I just had jeans and a long sleeve t-shirt on and just went out and raced.
0: That's so sick. I love, I when love that it. It's I love like it. The underdog just comes in and wins it.
1: It's so funny of those two. Like <laughs> happens like the camera won't be on someone won't even like give them the time of day. Then all of a sudden they win. And then all of a sudden all the cameras are following you.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Why do you think it's more of like that laid, laid back uh, atmosphere? Is it because like, In BMX, everyone's so tense up trying to go for the Olympics, I personally feel like. Do you think because of the pump track being more of just a a fun event and like you already kind of made it, you're at the, the pump track world, so that's the pinnacle of that event. Do you think that kind of brings that more casual atmosphere?
2: Yeah, I think everyone was just really stoked to just be there. And like even though the world championship jersey was on the line, home track's relatively new so there's not really a structure there's not specific training for it everyone was just coming in from different disciplines and just riding
1: yeah yeah i could see that because it probably felt like you're, you're just doing something something for fun almost because like bmx is your main thing so it probably just felt like yeah something you're doing on the side yeah Were you saying james you, you, um, you got a bit of a lag
0: I got a huge lag right <laughs> yeah, you now. Do. Like I talk and then I stop and then like I wait a second yeah, yeah, and you, you guys do. start talking. It's brutal. Um, but yeah, do you think it's something that'll blow up a little more in the future? Because I feel like the the first two kind of years it's been going on, uh, it's been a little bit less known, like people, more people started to do it. But I think that not the whole BMX world got uh, invested into it. And now that yourself and other BMXers have really kind of taken to it, uh, do you think it's something that'll blow up more? Because I think it kind of will.
2: I think so, especially since it accommodates all the other disciplines from like people riding dirt jumpers, to BMX bikes, to park bikes. So it's not just one community. It's kind of like all cyclists coming together.
0: Yeah. Who who has the advantage on the pump checks? Do you think BMX bikes have the advantage? Because I think they would just kick ass compared to any of the other people.
1: I think so too, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think so, but Tommy won on his dirt jumper.
1: Yeah. One on True. Three. Wow. Okay. Well,
0: then that yeah. just knocks down that whole theory.
2: <laughs> well, I think the dirt jumpers are a little bit better in the corners and the race bikes are better on the straightaways.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you, are you planning on doing both in the future? You still do pump track on the side to BMX? Yeah. Yeah, I bet it, it complements as well. Like You probably don't need to train separately for pump track, mm-hmm. really, do you?
2: No, I have the seam set up on my bike, too, just same gear, same tires, just, yeah. blow on, just throw on some flat pedals and that's it.
1: So I'm curious, like we've, we've asked some other riders your age that we've had on, but what do you, what do you really like, do you have an end goal in BMX? Obviously you do it because you love it and everything, but what do you, uh, what are your big aspirations in the sport?
2: Uh, I want to go to the Olympics for sure.
1: Yeah. So that's the main, main goal, huh? Yeah. Other than that, like you still want to race, obviously, the USA BMX circuit and, and all that?
2: Yeah, I want to go to the World Championships, go to World Cups, race the USA BMX circuit, and do some pump track as well.
0: I like that. What's what's the vibe like for the, the younger girls like yourself Like it, when it comes to the USA BMX title? Is it something that you get girls look at that you really want to win? Or is it more just focused on just the Olympics? Because I f- kind of feel like there's not as many younger girls that are really concerned about the USA BMX title. Cause I mean, Elise is won it how many years in a row, you know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, the USA BMX title isn't something that I've really thought of a lot. When I think of my goals, I think of world cups and Olympics, not so much USA BMX stuff, but I would still love to like, you know, like win USA BMX events podium at USA BMX events.
1: Yeah. It's changed quite a bit, eh, James? Like our, our generation is more, well, Everything was geared towards the Olympics, but there's not as much emphasis on winning the U.S. series anymore. There just isn't.
0: No, that's what I feel like, too. I, yeah. It felt like before that people would go after multiple, like everyone would obviously want to win the Worlds, but then there was a bunch of guys that were going. It felt like there were a bunch of guys going after the U.S. ABMX title. Mm-hmm. And now you're you get like two guys in the men's and like maybe two girls in the women's class, two or three, that are going for it. And then everybody else is just concerned about the World Cups.
1: Yeah, it's changed. No doubt. It's changed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's a generational thing though. Like, especially cause you've seen now BMX in Olympics a few times, obviously what was the first Olympics you watched Peyton? Have you watched all three?
2: Yep. I watched it. I watched all of them.
1: What was, uh, what was really inspiring for you to watch?
2: Um, just, um, well, Mariana, of course, just this year, like come out and win like her first ever Olympics at such a young age and then just go back and back it up. Uh, I didn't really watch the 2008 one as much just because I was so young, but I know I definitely watched the 2012 and definitely Rio. I watched that one like pretty closely
0: as well. That was an exciting one. Was there somebody that you've always kind of grown up watching like a specific rider or is it just kind of a mix of them all?
2: Um, I've grown up watching Elise, Mariana, Caroline. Yeah, I grew up watching them the most.
0: What's it been like now finally getting in the gate with them? Because the common thing is that you know, you step into the elite class, you're you're looking up to some of your idols. It's, it's, you get a little bit starstruck maybe the first time. But how's it been for you? Oh,
2: it's super cool because I went to the I went to the World Cup in Rock Hill in 2019, and Mariana was in one of my motos, and I was like trying not to fangirl behind. <laughs> I gotta
1: focus. Yeah, it's that's so fun. Like when you when you go for amateur junior and you're racing your idols, it's so cool just getting in the gate with them. It seems like so. It seems so surreal. I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like I get it nowadays too. Like I know we're kind of like I'd say friends with a lot of people in the circuit, but I know how good some of these riders are and how many races they won. I'm like, damn! Like we're racing against each other. Like let's go! Here we go.
2: Yeah, like when I was younger, I never really thought I would be racing someone like Elise. Now, like I didn't even really think about that, but now it's like just crazy to think of that. I grew up watching her, and now like we get to race each other.
0: Yeah, especially thought she was going to be retired at this point, didn't you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, especially like when you're younger, watching the pros, they seem so much older than you. It seems so much older. How old are you this year, Payne? Twenty? Nineteen? Nineteen. 19. so yeah Elise is yeah Elise is 11 years older than you yeah that's crazy <laughs> is he yeah because Elise will be yeah she's year older than me so she'll be 30 this year which is crazy because she's still like in such good shape and still like really in her prime
0: yeah yeah I'd say in her prime yeah
1: yeah like the age seems to be getting a bit older in my opinion with in terms of in terms of like being in your prime
0: I agree yeah I think so too I think there was a, a time back in like 2012 I think the older people kind of left and people thought it was like the, the older age was like yeah. late twenties. Yeah. But now people have been really smart about what they're doing with training with their bodies, for sure. knowing what they're training for. And I think, yeah, it's, it's lasting longer, which is cool to see. I think creates a longer career.
1: Payne, what do you want to do after BMX? Have you thought about it at all? Are you in school or anything? Yeah.
2: I'm taking college courses right now towards an exercise degree nice. at my community college and then I was going to transfer to somewhere else I don't know where yet but I wanted to get a degree in kinesiology
1: good for you yeah I I did sports science as well in school it's it's interesting huh
2: yeah I really like that kind of stuff and so I'm sure I can do something with it especially I don't want to study something that has no interest to me so it's something that sure (laughs) that I like want to actually do
1: what's been your your favorite class in that so far
2: um Probably the nutrition classes yeah I just find pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, it is pretty interesting. A lot of the stuff is cool too. Like if you take, I don't know exactly what classes you have, but you'll probably have something like biomechanics or exercise physiology or those ones. And they're really interesting because you can, it's directly applicable to the stuff you're doing for training. And you just, like whenever I was studying that stuff, I would instantly just think, oh, that's why we do plyos or that's why we do whatever. <laughs> like it's so, yeah, it's really applicable. It's cool you're studying that.
2: Yeah, so I'm already... A year into a two year degree and I started last summer.
1: How do you find uh, awesome? balancing it with, with BMX? Do you like having something else to focus on?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do. It definitely gets a little busy sometimes, but since I get to do it online, I get to do it at my own pace, which is nice.
0: Everything is just online. How awesome is that nowadays? Don't have to go to school at all. I just do it at your own pace whenever you want. Yeah.
2: Yeah, in high school, that's what I was worried about was going to college and doing BMX at the same time. But that's one thing COVID was good for. Now everything's just online and I'm taking a biology class right now. And typically we would have to go in and do labs. And if we missed the lab, we wouldn't be able to make it up Just zero tolerance. But now since it's online, I can get all those classes done and still travel and train.
1: So yeah, they I took biology too, and we had a lab component. I did it like I don't know. I think I had two. and I did them a couple of years ago, so you don't have to go in and do labs, eh? Like you just don't—they just don't have it at all.
2: No, all online.
1: Huh? Yeah, I guess it's you can't—you can't—you really, can't really dissect a pig or something online. <laughs> have you ever dissected like a fetal pig? We had to do that. It's kind of sad. The pig is—the pig is so cute.
2: No, I haven't. I took anatomy in on my senior year but we only dissected like
1: frogs and then we did like a cow's eye and one of our, uh, Oh yeah. I had to do those. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I did that in high school. And one of our, I think on our lab final, we had, we had like an open, well we had like five different stations, but one of the stations was the fetal pig and it was just open and it gave you like 10 organs and stuff you had to, had to identify. I knew a couple of them and then I just had no fucking clue like where the other ones were. It's so, <laughs> it's so hard to know. Like you got to stick pins in like certain points. It gave me a whole new perspective for surgeons.
0: I, can, I can't even imagine being a surgeon like that.
1: No, it's super complicated. Like, you
0: got to Like when you're looking at a picture in a book too, and then compared to like, let's say your pig or like a human, like it does not just look the same when no, you just cut it
1: open. Not even close. <laughs> it
0: doesn't, ev- everything's not just perfectly placed where it's supposed to be in that picture. It's just not there.
1: It's apples and oranges. You give me a textbook. I can point it out all day. <laughs> <laughs> what, oh, what's, what's been your least favorite class in school
2: oh that's a tough one i'm a little bit of a nerd so i kind of like everything but um, <laughs> i would say probably history just because i it doesn't really have any significance to me or what i want to do
1: yeah i uh, i hated stats i thought stats sucked
0: a lot of numbers and shit,
1: hey? Yeah, sucks. Yeah, did you take <laughs> stats?
2: Yeah, I, I took stats.
1: Yeah, you're probably you're probably really good. You, I feel like you'd be good at stats. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was good at. Yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just judging by the way you're smiling, you you, you thought stats was easy. It's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I got a question. So, kind of touching back on kind of the age thing in our sport, I was kind of thinking we were talking about that there there's been talk about under 23 class coming into play. So there'd be junior U 23. And then I guess elite. Um, What are your thoughts on that? My perspective is, I think it kind of would suck in the sense that some of the younger riders like yourself coming right into the elite that can make an impact right away are going to have to kind of wait to make that impact. Um, But some say like, it'll just be easier for those riders still developing into the elite class. What are your thoughts?
2: Um, I'm not a big fan of that at all, just because I waited until I was 19 to turn pro and now I have to wait four more years. So it's like, why do I have to wait even longer? Mm -hmm. I feel like, like I know Ariel like turned pro when she was 15 years old. And it's like, those are the the days. uh? (laughs) And like a lot of people have won world championship titles, Olympic titles when they were under 23. And Mm -hmm. I, I just think it's kind of holding back the development of riding, especially if we don't get to ride with the best of the best and we're not going to be as fast as them.
0: I totally agree. And I, I think it should be, yeah, as it is now, if You have the opportunity to hop in with the the big dogs and see how you can do. I mean, especially, if you're not ready, well, you'll learn to be ready real quick. You'll learn today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll learn today.
2: And the women's class is a lot smaller than the men's. So it would, Really like, and I know a lot of the girls are under 23
1: as well. Yeah. You know what?
0: I just it thought really, of this. it really cut the class down,
1: you know, it'd be sick if like for the world's for instance, you know, they obviously have age groups and blah, blah, blah. If you were like a legit 15 year old, you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to turn pro and you can just race elite. It'd be
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah. Why, why not? Why not? It should just, it's a pro class. Like it's just yeah. basically it should be the world champion of everything so whoever wants to enter you just enter but do you know how many people would probably enter just for shits and giggles
1: i don't yeah true but like i don't know if you here's the thing you could race your age class but what if it was just open so if you were really good yeah you could be like yeah why not i'll race pro i don't know like in tennis and stuff they can turn pro and they're like 16 if they want golf yeah that's true
0: yeah that's the interesting part of our our sport and you kind of had to deal with that Peyton at the USA BMX brands. I remember all the the stuff about that, where you guys weren't allowed to race pro, but there was no junior class, something like that. What, what happened with that?
2: So for USA BMX, you have to be 19 to turn pro according to the rule book, but at grands. So since I wasn't 19, I said, well, then is there a junior class? And they said, no, you have to race amateur, but I didn't do any amateur races all year. I was just doing pro open classes. Just, assuming that i would be able to race pro but at the end of the day they didn't let me whatever but what what happened is that they changed the pro age to 17 this year which because then i had to wait like I, I couldn't race grands and i had to wait till i was 19 but then they just said oh well let's just make it 17 now so our class was and the that they just really said no to
1: yeah, you kind of got. That's uh, yeah, it's frustrating. You kind of got caught in no man's land for the grands last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, at least was it
0: known that they were going to change the age? Was it known before, or was that just like they made that at the end of the year?
2: No, they just made it at the end of the year.
1: Well, yeah, I see. I guess the good thing is like they probably changed it because of I mean you basically.
2: Sure. Hopefully, hopefully they don't hopefully. It back again.
1: You, <laughs> you single-handedly changed BMX, Peyton. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Guys, commercial break. Uh, We want to just quickly talk to you about Motosheets.com. They've been on board with us for a while. If you guys don't know Motosheets.com, they are a timing and scoring system made easy for yourself, for personal use, or for your track. So if you're a track that's looking to host races, you need a scoring system um, to uh, score the riders, keep track of all the motors that's going on, visit Motosheets.com. If you're looking for timing systems for yourself, for your track, Go to them as well. Motorsheets.com has it all. You know, let them know Coffee Chatter sent you. Don't know if you can, you know, get much out of that, but, you know, they'd be uh, happy to hear that. So uh, thank you to them for coming on board and go check them out. Motorsheets.com. <laughs>
1: <What> <laughs> is, it's,
0: it's crazy the difference So you're right. Like Ariel turning pro at 15. I can't remember when I turned pro for in like Canada, but I think it was early because I didn't want to race the age class. And it's like, you should, yeah, I think you should be able to have that opportunity. If you want to age up and you want to be in the pro class, let them do it.
1: Yeah. Out of it. yeah. I think I was seventeen when I did. Yeah, okay. I think I was seventeen, yeah. That
0: seems like a fair age, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean if everyone's different. Like if you're ready, you're ready. And if you're not, you're not.
0: I mean you can you can drink at 17 in some places, you can go to war, I think, at eighteen or something. You should be able to raise pro.
1: <laughs> you should definitely be able to raise pro. <laughs> you be able to raise pro. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah.
0: Um uh, so Peyton, one of the big things I saw that you have, you came out with a book. Um is it a children's book, I think, like kind of like an alphabet book? Can you want to tell us yeah. about that?
2: Yeah, it's a children's alphabet book, A to Z, BMX style. And my aunt Jennifer made alphabet books hockey style, and I got the idea off of her. And she like helped me get every, like the whole process going. She hooked me up with our illustrator and just kind of guided me through it. And she was really stoked on it. And I wrote my first draft when I was probably about 10 And I wrote like the whole book with my mom. And then I came back to it last year, found it on the computer and said, hey, this would be a really cool project. We should finish it. And we did some rewriting and rearranged some things. We actually saw that we messed up the order of the alphabet. (laughs) And um, then just got the ball rolling and I made a Kickstarter, which is like a GoFundMe, but for like artistic stuff.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: All the proceeds, like we had to set a goal and then all the proceeds only if we met our goal would come to me. So I set a $10,000 goal and we ended up meeting it. I got like $11,500 to fund the book. And it actually out perfect because illustrations were about $5,000 and printing was about $6,000. But the process took way longer than I thought it would. I started the, (laughs) the beginning of last year in March or April illustrations didn't get done till about five months later and then printing took six months but i that's crazy i have two copies of the book that i got in advance like a month ago and then i get the bulk shipment coming in the next two weeks so i'm really excited for that and then i'll have a little website that i'm selling them on i'll bring them to the races
1: super cool
0: very cool that's a lot of work to do all that too. It's cool though. You're able, are you going to be able to make some money off them now when you sell them? Yeah. Awesome.
2: I'm really stoked on it. Plus, there's nothing in BMX like that. Oh no,
1: yeah.
2: It's something different too, like that no one's ever really done before.
1: Yeah, good for you. That's was awesome. The, yeah.
2: Yeah, all in color. Well, cover. So.
0: What was the hardest letter to find something for? <laughs> X. Um, I'm, I'm guessing Q. What would you do for
1: Q?
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say, what'd you do?
1: What'd you do for X besides xylophone?
0: <laughs>
2: I did X ray. Wait, no, oh, I didn't X-up,
1: do yeah. did X up. Oh, X up, Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> X up. Yeah, yeah, I got X-up. that. I had that one
2: in my head. Um, Q, I did qualify.
1: Uh, okay. Oh, there we go. What about Z- for the
2: book? Each line rhymes, so like A and B will rhyme, and C and D will rhyme. And it'll go, A is for announcer who calls all the action. B is for bike, which brings great satisfaction.
1: Oh, that's sick. All right. What'd you do for Z?
2: Zoom as we race all about.
1: (laughs) I love it. I I want to read this book. That's sick. (laughs) (laughs) That's really
0: cool. Very cool. How uh, many did you have to change from when you were a kid? If you found it from when you were a kid, how many did you have to change?
2: We basically rewrote the whole thing. We just had the idea there like the concept but we kept most of the like the words that started with each letter we just kind of rearranged the end of the sentence and made them all rhyme and flow
0: right
1: on yeah i'll be reading them to my kids in a few years
0: Gary's <laughs> kids are coming I, they're coming
1: <laughs> not for not for a while <laughs> 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 we got a lot of stuff we need to sort out logistically first
0: <laughs> fair enough yeah
1: um, Payton, what do you like to do outside of BMX and riding? Obviously it takes up all, like a vast majority of your time, but what do you like to do outside of BMX and, and sport?
2: Um, I like to try to learn something new. So over quarantine, um, I already knew how to juggle, but I learned a bunch of juggling tricks, like 10 different ones. And I also jump rope a lot too, and just try to learn a bunch of new jump rope tricks and yeah, just learning new things.
0: That's interesting. That's that's some fun ones. It's makes me think of a, old fireballs and Russian team. She does some, you know, yeah, throwing shit him. around at the races.
1: You should start doing that with her, that'd be sick. You, you <laughs> she start do, put on she a little show in the pitch. You
0: just start doing the juggling.
1: He's <laughs> gonna put on a little show, a little warm up show. That would be fun. It'd be awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I think. You seem it, like this lag is this lag is difficult, James.
0: I apologize. No, it's not your your fault. It's getting frustrating. I know, but it's it's still, it's on my end. So I have to be (laughs) the one to apologize. Um, (laughs) I was going to say though, you seem like somebody that's very, like, I would say athletic. You like to be active doing things. Did you play any other sports growing up too?
2: No, I used to do soccer when I was like five to seven, but I don't think that really counts. (laughs) Can
1: I, uh, can I recommend golf?
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've I've never yeah. tried
0: golf, but I kind
1: of want to. Oh hell yeah! That's 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 the sport everyone needs to do.
0: <laughs> Don't you have Molly staying at your house? She loves. We got Molly into golf. She loves it. She can take you golfing. Molly, yeah, yeah. Molly
1: loves golf, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, because her dad, her dad plays quite a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah she's he got connections in the golf world. Yeah, And he's friends with Jason Duffner. Yeah,
0: It's caddy. His, her, her uncle is his caddy or something. Oh, really? That's what it is. Yeah, her her uncle is Jason Duffner's caddy.
1: Well, we're going to need some PGA tickets one of these days.
0: <laughs> we need some free entrance. But that's your end to play golf, Peyton. That's your
1: end right there. All right. Um. Yeah, do you like to do any other sports?
2: Like, BMX takes up all my time, which I'm sure you guys know. Of course,
1: really.
2: yeah. <laughs> um. No, I don't do like any other sports, just other forms of cycling, whether it's like riding gap jumps or cross country mountain biking, dual slalom, pump track, BMX, a little bit of everything except for road riding. I'm not a big fan of that.
1: No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) So many euros are so
0: disappointed probably right now. Is Ariel not, she doesn't do any road bike riding? Wait, say that again? Ariel doesn't put any road rides on the program she doesn't seem like that person that does any road bike riding at all she's more she's a mountain biker she likes to probably do cross country stuff yeah
2: she got mountain biking on the program
0: all right so that's that's good enough. that's probably better
1: i just want to premise this by saying there's nothing wrong with road cycling but i don't understand like how it's fun (laughs) i don't get like i don't get it I got no answer for you. Like I, uh, like do you like personally James do you do you like it? Like do you enjoy a road ride? Once I get
0: into being fit enough to be able to keep up with Robert meaning stay in his draft yeah. and I don't die, there's something to pushing yourself at times. Like you don't just go hard the whole time. You'll yeah, do no, like segments yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So there's something to that feeling of like I'm going to push myself here, I'm going to burn it out and then feel good about myself after. But it's not something that I'm just like I'm having fun after. Like I, I, mostly I look forward to the snacks. Like if I have good (laughs) snacks in my pockets, that's mostly what I'm looking forward to along the
1: ride. You just start your ride. Oh boy. I can't wait to have my power gel in 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You see, here's what I don't get either. Why? I don't understand these athletes. They retire like myself now. And why would you really want to push yourself? Like, I understand. I like to get exercise, blah, blah, blah. But like we pushed ourselves to the limit fucking every day in training for years and years. Like the last thing I want to do in retirement now is go out and just floor myself on a road bike. That sounds horrific.
0: I got, I got no answer. Yeah, I know, an answer? I no, know answer. I know
1: you guys don't have an answer because you're not in that position, but like you retire. I don't get these people like go play, golf. go play golf. It's fun. You're not tired. <laughs> you don't have to be I dying.
0: I think it's the satisfaction of being done.
1: Yeah. I Once think, you're yeah. finished, and you
0: don't feel like it's when you don't know, get doms in the gym and you got, you're really sore the next day. You don't get that on the road bike. I feel like I feel better the next day personally. I can't, I also don't go for four hour rides. I go for two hour rides.
1: I think I could, I obviously could push myself in BMX training. Cause like, that's just what we did. And so I would just floor myself and do whatever. I can't get to that. Like I can't get to that now. Cause there's no reason. Like I need, I need a reason. <laughs> that's, it's that's fair. It's what? <laughs> What'd you say Peyton? <laughs>
2: you
0: need the snacks as your reason yeah right hey terry's not a big foodie guy though you know what i mean like his foodie stuff is like super healthy it's probably not as delicious as my snacks
1: (laughs) (laughs) james probably got like some scooby snacks on the ride oh
0: some scooby snacks all right sorry um, um Go for Peyton, it. When, did, when did you start doing uh, gym stuff? I'm um, always been curious. Um, I feel like nowadays people are starting to get in the gym a little bit earlier. Um, when did you start training in the gym?
2: Um, I started ninth grade. So, oh, I don't know how old I was, but yeah, ninth okay. grade, And then, but I, it was kind of like on and off because I didn't have a gym near me or that I really went to, but I really got into it. In 11th grade, when I got like a gym in my house and my garage, my dad split the garage in two and insulated half of it. And we have a rack and bumpers in there and the whole solid setup.
0: It oh, works. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. So that probably
0: came in handy for COVID. Okay.
2: Definitely. So it yeah. like full on gym since like 11th grade, but I definitely did stuff in like ninth and 10th grade, just not like the level that I do now.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that's probably when I started too. When did you start, James?
0: I think I got introduced in. We had like one of the classes you could take for uh, PE in school. You could do like gym class at the end of the day and you'd go to like the rec center and you basically just have a free-for-all for for, like an hour in the rec center. So I'd (laughs) do some of those like little leg things, a couple (laughs) of hamstring curls, maybe do some some dips or something. (laughs) All right, kids, figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) That was my introduction. Yeah. Um, So it wasn't really, I wouldn't really count that uh, as anything. But then, Probably maybe grade twelve. I mean, a year after that, probably going to I think, yeah, it's probably when I was
1: seventeen. I remember my dad. I would. My dad's fire hall was right by my high school, so I'd walk there after class or after school, and he would he kind of introduced me to lifting when I was in like grade nine or something. I originally wanted to get stronger for hockey. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's not a sport you want to be strong in. No,
1: no, <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. Anything else, James? For you, have some quick shots.
0: No, we, uh, we got some quick shots for you, Peyton. Um, are you familiar with the segment? Have you ever heard of it?
1: Yes. Uh, she's all okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right.
0: Uh, I've thrown, throwing these two (laughs) in there. Um, this is my own questions that I made up driving on the road that I think are good questions. So here's my first one. Would you rather race an entire year with one sock or race half the year
1: with no socks? No socks. Yeah, that's uh, okay. I think that's the choice. Yeah. What What would you do, James? That's definitely the choice.
0: I don't really know. I. I. It both sound awful. They're just terrible. <laughs> my
1: My OCD would explode if I'm racing with one sock the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brutal. Um, you want to do your other one? Do your other one.
0: Okay. Would you rather? Wait, hold on. What gear? What gear do you race with, Peyton?
2: Forty-seven, seventeen.
0: Forty-seven, good seventeen. Good okay, gear. good gear. All right. Would you? Would you rather race with a forty-nine, seventeen, or a forty-two, sixteen?
2: I can be honest. Like, I know nothing about gears. Like,
0: so like, <laughs> would you rather? <laughs> and then I just ride
2: it.
1: Would you rather go really small or really big? <laughs> if
0: you had to choose, you only had two options um, at the race, and there was a super easy option or a super hard option.
2: Wait, are we Which racing on take? a super crosshill?
0: Yeah, you're racing supercross.
1: Well, the whole the, year, the whole the whole year, right? Is it the whole year you said, or no? No, this one wasn't the whole year. Oh, Okay, never mind.
0: Um, we got to pick a track, though. We should pick a track
1: because the answer is going to be probably but, different if it's like Rockford or if it's like Chula Vista. It's probably going to be different.
0: True. Let's okay. If we pick Houston, Houston supercross, would you rather go really big or really small if you had to do one? Really big. Really big. Okay. We got a horse in the building.
1: I'd probably go small. Would you go small, T? Yeah, I'd go small. I was. I'm always a spinner, so I yeah, always go small. Me too. Yeah. Um, from Ariel, double shot. Most favorite thing to do in training and least favorite thing to do in training.
2: Oh, I. It's hard to think of a least favorite thing because I really just love everything. But in gym, I love power cleans, front squats, and box jumps, and then sprints. I really like uphills for some reason. I don't know why. And for track work skills in first rates.
1: From Sophia Foresta. How much time? Per-
2: wait, wait! I didn't say my least favorite.
1: Oh yeah, sorry, my mistake. My mistake.
2: Well, I actually saw Brooks comment on the post, and she said rest days are her. <laughs> Come on, T. And I think she's right. <laughs> I was staying at Brooks' house for like two weeks, and on Sundays, like. They literally didn't do anything they just like sat there watched some netflix and i was like oh my god like on my rest days i'll usually do a mini workout or something this is kind of weird
0: <laughs> <laughs> you girls are crazy because um even molly told me she she would like want to do stuff on a rest day and i'm like i just want to sit down yeah. i work my ass off all weekend i just want to sit down and eat <laughs> um you want me to go
1: tea? yeah sure i wasn't sure if you were there because your video went away
0: i am so i just i couldn't i'm on my phone anyways lunch, yeah. don't worry about yeah. it um from Sophia foresta how much time per day do you spend on tiktok
2: well actually way less than she thinks i do i probably send Sophia about 20 to 30 tiktoks a day but i have <laughs> a time widget on my phone and it says i'm less than on tiktok for less than 30 minutes a day so it's not that bad but there's just so many good videos i have to send
0: her. yeah it's seriously so addicting i'm not a tiktok person i don't even have anything, but i have the app and one day i just got, got scroll i was scrolling for like an hour i don't know what happened to time but that was, it was brutal
1: so i i had a tiktok and i posted like one video like a year ago and i went to go on it a few months later and my tiktok's just gone i have the app but my account is just gone i don't know what happened um, you break some rule violations. Dude, I have no idea. It's gone. Like it just is like, it's like it never existed. I don't know what happened. And I, I don't really, I don't really care. I'd get it back, whatever. Um, yeah. from Brooklyn BMX, what are your goals this year on the racing side of BMX? And when you're doing pump track events,
2: um, I'll be at the pump track qualifier in May. I was planning on hitting the one in North Carolina and goals this year, uh, defending my pump track title and just like keep progressing in the USA BMX events and like make mains and just kind of ride to my full potential.
0: It's a very mature answer right there. <laughs> um, from dill.venture, what is your favorite feature on a BMX track? I.e. example tabletops, um, gap jumps, tight, ry- tight rhythms, flat hill. What's your favorite?
2: The rhythm section.
0: That's good, like, good
2: answer. Well, <laughs> I went to Belgium for the World Championships, and well, one, I was like the first one down the hill, and I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" And then I go <laughs> to the first turn, and I just get like went around on the inside and the outside, and just straight sandwich. So then I was in third, and I was like, "Crap!" Then I go into the rhythm section and just totally stuff it. After in practice, I was like, "Yo, that's the line." <laughs> And then I got four, so I was I was totally done. I was like, "That's stupid rhythm section." So I really haven't written that many Euro tracks where it's super technical. Yeah, I do like writing like technical stuff and in the rhythm sections.
1: Yeah, that rhythm section Zolder is like textbook Euro deep peaked out rhythm section. Yep. Um, from Eli Shaw, who was your inspiration growing up, and what about them was inspiring?
2: I really like Mariana, not just because she's a two time Olympic champion, but also the way that she's the people's champion too.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: She's so approachable and she has time for anybody. She doesn't act like she's too good to not take a picture, or to not talk with you.
1: Yeah. She's awesome.
0: From the same person. I think it's, it's Dill. adventure adventure. Anyways, most memorable moment from your adventures with Brooke and Rachel.
2: Brooke trying to surf on her bike
1: yeah what was that all about oh my god she ate shit
0: so like that was
1: brutal (laughs) oh my god
2: we went for a little ride around the neighborhood and then Rachel went back to work on her scooter and I was like hey Brooke I'm gonna stay out just ride around the street a little bit she was like all right cool I'll stay out with you and Brooke's like you know I really want to surf and I'm like okay, you can surf if you want to surf. I don't know why you want to surf. So she gets, she's on like her nice race bike, tries it, totally eats it and blows the bar end off. And I'm like, Brooke, if you're going to try it, you got to get like a different bike instead of like the one you race on and don't mess that one up. And then she's like, okay. So she gets her other bike, tries, again. So now I whip out the camera. I'm like, this is going to be good. She tries it and then eats it even harder. And that's the video she posted.
1: She crashed so hard. Seriously. She's lucky she didn't get hurt. She's lucky she didn't get hurt. That was gnarly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what she was thinking. I told her I was already impressed and she doesn't need to do anything to impress me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, from ladies love gingerbread. Beard. Ladies love ginger beard. How about that? What's the one thing you would like to see USA BMX do that the Red Bull series does? It's a good question. Very good question.
2: Um, Wait, like, like the Pump Track series, right? Yeah,
1: I think they're referring to the Pump Track series, yeah. Or maybe just something Red Bull does in general. I don't know.
2: Maybe have, like, an event. Like, I don't know. I kind of like the how Red Bull has the qualifiers. And then if you win, you get funded to go to the big race. I think it would be cool if USAV max had something like that, where they had like maybe five races that they did like on the side. And then it would all like go to this other, like big race with like a big payout and just like something different outside of the regular nationals.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm a big variety guy. So that would be pretty cool.
1: Big, huge variety uh, guy.
0: yeah love me some variety (laughs) um from Thunder Midget how was the pro life treating you
2: good yeah I was super stoked to turn pro and I'm still like working on to like ride to my full potential and just like get in like the mental game a little bit better because it's tough getting up there with people like everybody's fast like I said before and just like thinking like I can beat these people, even if I look up to them, like, I know, like, that I'm really fast and that I can, like, possibly get a good finish.
1: Um, from Jack Hudson 44, what do you think the future holds for pump track racing?
2: I think it's going to blow up a lot just because they're putting a lot more pump tracks everywhere and, uh, everyone's going to catch on to it a lot quicker and just, yeah, I think it's the scene's just gonna be like a lot more people and a lot of different disciplines.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the most memorable memorable moment in your career so far? Winning
2: pump track worlds.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Other than, Other than pump, pump track, track worlds,
0: because that is that's an that easy easy highlight. That's
2: well,
1: highlight. Yeah. One,
2: my most memorable moment where I didn't win a race was. 2019 rock hill world cup where i made the semi that was pretty awesome i was stoked on that
0: yeah that's a huge that's a great great result yeah
1: it is yeah you wrote great there i remember yeah you rode really well um from joey holden when's the next time you'll be in virginia
2: oh i don't know yet but definitely this year because ariel lives down there so i'm sure i'll be down there to hang out with Ariel and
1: train and ride a little bit. James, I don't know about you, but my like geographical knowledge, like I kind of know where Virginia is, but all those States like New York, Virginia, Maine, like, I don't really know exactly where I just kind of know they're Northeast us. I don't really know where they are, like Connecticut, all those ones.
0: Kind of know where the West coast is, you know, where Arizona is, you know, California, (laughs) blah, 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 you know, the East coast, Florida, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just the stuff in the middle that we are just terrible. With. Like
1: above above North Carolina, I so kind of just I kind of just group all those states kind of together. I don't really know where they each go.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. There's two. There's a lot of like those small ones. Isn't there a bunch of tiny ones within New York and New Jersey yeah, cause and like, all that stuff?
1: Isn't like like Virginia, Connecticut, Maine, those are all pretty small states, right?
2: No, Virginia's actually pretty big.
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah, oh. I know my stuff. And Maine's <laughs> also
2: like decent. Like if you want to rank them, like Virginia's going to be the biggest and then it's going to go Maine and then is going to be super small.
1: Okay, yeah, great. Great, great, great job, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> no, you
0: classy.
1: know what we should start yeah, doing, we... James? No, 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 fuck it. You know what we should start doing? Whenever we have like an American on the show, like like most of our guests are, we should try and get them yep. to name all the provinces in Canada. So this is my next quick shot. It's not a quick shot, Peyton, but you got to list them west to east coast.
2: Well, west
0: to east, that's tough.
2: Okay. British Columbia. Alberta? Yep. Yep. Saskatchewan? Yep.
0: Yep. Doing great. Oh, my
2: gosh. What's the one after that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No one knows about this one. This one just hangs out a little too for us. Yeah. Oh, Manitoba.
1: There you go. Yeah, Yeah. Ontario? Yep.
2: Quebec.
1: Oh, my God. Well done. Well done. And I'm going to be honest. And, are,
2: then like, and then like Prince Edward Island somewhere all the way. I'm
1: going to be honest. I'm not exactly sure where the islands are back east. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's like what? Newfoundland and Labrador is kind of along Quebec. And then I think it's Nova Scotia and PEI. Sounds about mm-hmm. right.
0: Sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Okay. But, your turn, Tori. Now you got to go uh, west to east too in the uh, the states.
1: Okay. Well, there's so many of them.
0: Just do it. Do like, give me like a few in a row. Let's see if you can get a few in a row. Okay.
1: So obviously it goes um, uh, Washington, Oregon, California, along the along the coast. So east yeah. of Washington is Idaho, and then east of California is Arizona, and I think Nevada is above Arizona. From whatever, yeah, Nevada is above Arizona. And then I think east of Nevada should be Utah, I believe, and east of Arizona is Texas. Is that right?
2: Um, No, east of Arizona is New Mexico.
1: New Mexico, and then Texas. Shoot. And then Texas, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, and then Texas. And then
1: Texas, okay. And then yeah, well, we're not going to name all 50. It's going to take way too long.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, back to the quick shots. A big this is a huge question, Peyton. Very, very important one. Um take your time to answer it if you need to. Chipotle or in and out?
1: Take your time. I know it's a big decision. It's a big decision.
0: <laughs> There's only one
1: right answer, too.
0: All right. In and
2: out.
1: Did you just, now did you just say that because you know that's what we what's <laughs> what we like or did you is it actually in
2: and out? No. Okay. No. Well, Chipotle. Like I don't like the Chipotle queso. And plus they have, they don't have ground beef and I'm like a ground beef person. Okay. And I, yeah. I don't really like that. But then in and out, I don't have that near me. So whenever I go to the West coast, it's just like so good. I yeah. think me and me, Brooke and Rachel got it like three different times.
1: I mean, Chipotle, so good. chipotle after like a big track session is fantastic though. Um, it's a staple. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, what's your favorite Netflix show?
2: um there's a lot i liked outer banks when i watched that oh one. that's a good one yeah one that i saw like a week ago was behind her eyes it's a limited series with like six episodes and it was super good if you guys haven't seen it, i definitely recommend it
1: okay
0: all right i need some new shows so i'm gonna check that out yeah i was watching one of those uh you know angels have fallen yeah, those ones no. You know that movie? It's just not a Netflix show. It's like a movie series, but it's on Netflix. You don't know them? Okay, well, then I won't get into it. <laughs> I, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't,
1: It's a hell doesn't of a show, by the way. Hell of a show. <laughs> great movie.
0: Absolutely fantastic movie. One of a kind. Really great action. Anyways, um, if you could be a, a, I could say a pro athlete. If you could be somebody in a different profession, what would you want to be? What would you want to be doing if you were to be an X racer?
2: Well, I'm not like, like, I don't like practice it a lot. And I'm not like good at all, but I think it would be cool to do like skiing or snowboarding.
0: Mm, yeah. That's a pretty sweet sport.
1: Yeah, definitely a cool sport. Um, yep. Oh, I just, wow. I just blanked on what I was going to ask. Oh, favorite BMX track.
2: Wait, supercross or amateur? Any. Any.
0: Oh, uh, you just go both. You go one of each. You it oh, was both. Sure. Yeah,
1: both.
2: All right. Well, I haven't ridden a lot of Supercross ones, but my favorite one is Beijing. And then my favorite amateur track, I think is Nashville. I really like, like just how fast it is.
0: Cool. That's a, yeah, that's a solid one. One of the I, most iconic first rates.
2: Yeah. And then Louisville before they put in the Supercross they like 2015 Louisville.
1: Yeah. That's a cool one too. Yeah.
2: That's where I won I my I- first NBL grands.
1: Oh, ah, cool. Oh, right on.
0: I wish I got to race that one. The amount of people that have talked about it, and like I've, the videos, even from it, I wish I got to. I never got to ride, ride it though.
1: Yeah, that's a cool one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got any more tea? Um, I think that's all we got. I'm um, glad. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, James is cutting out. That's fine. We uh we appreciate you coming on, Peyton. it was fun to chat to you.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Um, yeah, definitely wish you the best of luck this year. I I look forward to watching you in the next few years. You're a great young rider. I think you got a really good career in our sport coming up. Thank you. So yeah, take care. And uh, what's your next race? I guess Rock Hill, right?
2: Yep. Rock Hill at the end of the month. I'm actually leaving on Friday to go down there and just spend the weeks up there into the national.
1: Yeah. Cool. Get some, get some warm weather.
2: Yeah. It's actually like no it's like 61 in my house today and it was just below freezing yesterday
1: sounds like so. here too <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah crazy heat wave i'm i'm wearing short sleeves right now and anyone on the west coast would be still wearing hoodies
1: yeah 100 <laughs> true yeah thanks for joining us peyton
2: yeah no problem we'll chat soon all right thanks, sounds peyton. Good. see you guys
0: later
1: Yeah, well, what's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter? Get
2: off my back, uh, guy. <laughs> you have to be fast in the truck.
0: I hate that guy. <laughs>